Future Church podcast. We're so excited to have you with us. Before we get started with today's episode, we'd love for you to hit that subscribe button wherever you may be listening to your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform makes sense for you. If you're listening on iTunes, please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review. And even more, if you feel compelled, share this with a friend who cares about the future of the church. That would help us out a ton. If you need any information or any of the links, go to futureof.church or just check out the show notes. And now, let's get started with today's episode. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us today. This is episode two. If you haven't listened to- I think you could call it 2.5. Do you think that's fair? 2.5? Yeah, Yeah, you know, that that, that could work. Yeah, if you haven't listened to episode one, please do. We'd love for you to listen to that and and hear more of just what we've been talking about and what we're excited about. Today, we're really excited to, to be with you. I got my friend here, Taylor. He's been chomping at the bit, excited to, to, to get going today. Well, you know, I, I, I am excited because I am on the brand new alternative to YouTube for Christians. It's called Faithful. And, you know, Ashish, I know you've been looking forward to this. You've been wanting to live on an alternative, you know, platform and, and I found it for you. It's called Faithful. I was just reading Faithful. about it. <laughs> I'm actually not making fun of it, but I'm just reading about it. I just thought it was funny because I, I don't know if you've seen it on Instagram or whatever, but it's basically curated videos of preachers preaching. And I actually love preachers preaching. Judah's on there, uh, Judah Smith. Uh, he's, he's someone who I love. I love Judah, uh, Chad Veach, whoever, all these different, you know, Darius Daniels, all these people who are like prominent preachers, kind of well-known, whatever. And it curates miniature videos of them. And you can like set it to like show you a video a day. And I, I never thought it was anything other than it was just like an app, but I guess it's like a whole, like it's meant to be an alternative to YouTube. And so, so I thought I would bring that to you because I know you're, you're looking for something like that. Are, are they sponsoring this episode, Taylor? They are. We are sponsored today by Faithful, <laughs> even though we're not on it. Ashish, that's, that's my so, deal is why, so are, question, why, are, why haven't we been invited? You know, we got some videos on, on the internet now of us preaching and I'm just not sure why they haven't picked them up yet. Yeah. So my, my kind of question for you, Taylor, is if you stop, if you started using faithful and the moment you stopped using it, are you considered unfaithful? Okay. So we, we knew, <laughs> we knew these people years ago, great people, uh, smart business people, and, but they invested a ton of money and this was early on in YouTube days, YouTube was, was not new, but it was still, um, it was not the most visited site on the internet. Like it is today. I think it's the number, I think it's the most visited site, uh, by a large margin. It's like YouTube, it's Google, it's Facebook. Right. So, um, and so, but it was where people went to get videos and watch videos and all this kind of stuff. And, but this place was called Zoe city. It was called Zoe city and it was an alternative to YouTube and Facebook kind of all in one and you could watch videos and sign up your account. And, and it was like, it was kind of a combination between God tube, which I don't know if you remember that, which is basically Christian YouTube and like God Facebook. And they huh. were, they dropped all this money. It was called Zoe city. And, um, and I remember 
I, rem <laughs> I remember my youth pastor telling me, dude, you got to get on Zoe city, man. You got to get on Zoe city. And I'm like, I'm not getting on Zoe city. I don't want a Zoe city. I don't hate Zoe city. I just don't want to get on Zoe city and not to be associated with Zoe church in Los Angeles, pastored by someone who is a Northwest Puyallup native, um, Chad beach, but it, it was just, just funny Zoe city. So I'm, I'm going in, I'm suddenly seeing all of these memories of all of these different networks and these old like social media alternatives. And I actually have nothing against them, but I think it's so funny. Uh, this is another one of those, like it's describing, I'm reading this article about it and it's describing the faithful app as a curated, you know, preaching videos to speak on various life issues. And I'm like, that just seems like Instagram suggestions to me. Like, I don't see the reason to get an app, but maybe I need to download it to, to get a better picture of it. You should Taylor. I, you know, on our next episode, you, you're going to have to tell us what that week was like with this app. Well, um, I, how it blessed you, how it made your life better. I, I'm really know. looking I'm, forward to the review. I can't guarantee one way or another, but if someone from the faithful app um, organization is listening, you sponsor us, you get me on there preaching dude i will i'll change my tone we'll delete this episode and uh we will accept you as our official sponsor uh we would love that and so and to be clear i'm actually not like i'm i know i'm kind of lighthearted about it i'm not making fun of it i have i have no context of it i just thought it was funny and it it brought in me all of these memories of these christian social media networks coming out you know one of the other funny things is there's have you heard of cards christians like i don't know if you've heard no. of it so, you know, Cards Against Humanity, right? The, sure, the card sure. game. Uh, it's a little irreverent. It's a little, uh, it's, it's a little messed up, some of the things that are in there. This is a literally like a Christian 90s kid youth group, Cards Against Humanity, uh, but it's for Christians. And it's actually hilarious. So I pre-ordered it when it was on Kickstarter. And I should be getting my copy this week, Cards Christians Like. And it wow. is not meant to be an alternative, like, so people don't feel bad by playing a game. It's actually meant to be like, like you and I grew up in youth group in the 90s, right? Like that was kind of some of our world. It was youth group and um, it was, you know, just kind of contemporary Christian music. It was just funny stuff. And so these guys, one of the, they partnered with Epic Christian Memes, which is a Christian like meme uh, page on Instagram, which has some hilarious stuff because it's totally, it pokes at my, my eighth grade year all the time. And so this is like a youth group game for people who were in youth group in the nineties. And so um, cards against humanity. No, sorry. Cards Christians. Like if you're listening, I would love for you to sponsor us as well. We would gladly accept. I, I pre-ordered the game. I, I'm pumped to get it. That's awesome. I, <laughs> I clearly know nothing about Christian culture like Taylor. He is the one who's the expert. Um, Taylor, so I have a quick question. For, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Educate us. Um, so a uh, question for you, like, uh, you know, it, you seem to be someone who's, who's gotten the pulse of what's going on in the church nationally. Um, what's something that stuck out to you um, over this last week that like, you're just like, this is interesting, hilarious, serious or just something on your mind that you're like, man, this is something I'd like to share. Something on my mind. Um, you know, when it comes to like, are you talking Christian, like culture? Are you talking like church? Yeah. Or are you talking about like more meta level, like what, what I'm feeling and discovering? 
You know what, Taylor, whatever you want to say of those three, feel free. I'd love to hear it all. Go for it, man. Um, well, the, the, the <laughs> I was going to say something about TNON, which was, uh, which we referenced last episode. Um, That's right. But, uh, no one, no one visited the site cause it's, it's not real. Um, you know, it, it's been an interesting, it's been an interesting season and an interesting week in, in church. And one of the things that I was thinking about is, um, when you when, watching nationally, what's happening with some churches and we're seeing this happen over and over with, um, you know, allegations and accusations coming at churches and church leaders and, and all sorts of stuff like that. It's been really fascinating. And it's kind of like, it's brought me to this place as now I'm a local church, um, in my context, a local church leader, and I'm seeing this stuff unfold and on one hand, I'm so far removed from any reality that they're experiencing. And at the, on the other hand, I'm realizing this kind of stuff happens with regular people, but it doesn't start at this grandiose level, but it actually starts when things go unchecked and when things go unnoticed or when things go undealt with. And, and as I'm seeing these things um, unfold, I, I, we, we were just talking before we hit record. There's this pastor who I remember this happened at the beginning when we were in 2005, when you and I both started at Portland Bible college. And we, I remember on the registration day, hearing the news that this pastor had, uh, had to step down. He got you know, released from ministry because he had had an affair with his assistant while on tour. So he divorced his wife. And then God told him it was okay to remarry. Once he got remarried, then he repented. And um, he's had a couple restorations from that in back into ministry over the last, you know, 15 years. And last year it happened again. And he just, he just announced this week that God told him it was time on his birthday to come back into ministry um, because he had a visit with angels and it, I, you know, verifiable, you might be hearing this and you're saying, is this even real? Is this satire Taylor? Is this cards Christians like, no, it is real, but it, it's just, it's fascinating to me because as I read that my tendency is to want to remove myself from any kind of, uh, like, Whoa, that is so whack. It is so not me, not us. I could never find myself in a world where that kind of reality was even close. And yet I do not want to do that because I'm sure that at one point in his life or ministry, he was in my seat just the same and never thought that that would happen for him. And I know I kind of brought it to this like heavy lens, but I think that's just so fascinating and as you see it happening, whether it's financial impropriety that's being accused of as a, at a church or uh, misuse of authority or, um, or the influence and the power that you have over somebody and all of this kind of stuff. And it's like, whoa, 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 this is all happening so far out there. And yet this happens um, to people who think that it'll never happen to them. And so I, I've just been I've kind of been chewing on that a little bit. And I, as we were talking, we read that story. I thought it was so fascinating. Um, and it, you know, we can kind of laugh at, at some of that stuff like that because it seems so outlandish 
and yet it's always good to take heed. And I, I don't want to dishonor or just roll my eyes or throw shade at people who, um, who are in a world that is so different than me. I can't understand it. Or I, I don't know all of the, the entire situation, but it, it's definitely like, Whoa, when this happens, I need to like, let it cause me to take heart and say, all right, th- this, I've got to renew some accountability. I got to make sure I'm standing on top of who I am. I got to make sure that I'm, um, that I'm, I'm not finding myself in places where I could fall down the same slippery slope that some of these guys have slid down. And so I don't know if that answers your question at all, but that's, that's something that kind of, that struck me this week. No, that's great. Uh, Thank you for going on and telling us that story. I think as I'm hearing you, what comes to mind is um, so often in life, we, we get busy and we're doing all this stuff or we're quote unquote in ministry, or we're like, we feel like there's this calling or purpose or thing that we're going after. And somewhere along the way, like um, whatever it is we're going after gets bigger than even our faith um, mm. gets even bigger than our character gets bigger than who Jesus is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, it's, it's interesting. Like people don't ever fall away. Um or I should be, I should clarify pastors and leaders don't often like fall away because of bad belief systems. It's more little compromises, right? Like you, yeah. you talk about some of these issues, like, um, you know, maybe they were just burnt out, just doing the same thing over and over and somehow got distracted or just yeah. the motivation or inspiration wasn't there. And I think well, like, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say like, it, you could equate it to a lot of different areas in life, because as human beings, we would tend to, we'll repeat this all over the place. So I've been eating pretty healthy uh, for the month of January. And I'm at the point now where I can't really imagine it being a, an okay decision for me to like drive through the McDonald's drive through and get a double cheeseburger and a, a four piece nugget and also maybe breakfast sandwich because they have all day breakfast and, and then get the dollar drink. I cannot imagine that being a good decision. Um, but what's interesting is there have been seasons in my life where I would do that and not think twice because sure. I had been living in such a whirlwind and busy and unhealthy And what I would do to justify it was, well, I haven't eaten in six hours and I probably won't eat again after this. So I'm going to get two double cheeseburgers and um, a sausage egg McMuffin, and I'm going to get a four piece nugget, but I might as well get it like a dollar fry too. And um, because it's just a dollar fry and I'll probably only eat a few of them. And then, you know, if I'm going to get a drink, I might as well get the large one because, and you might be thinking, Taylor, you sound like a, this is so unhealthy. But I guess the funny thing is, is that you don't get to that place quickly. You get to that place gradually, but you, Mm -hmm. you're, when you get to that place, you actually justify why it's actually okay. And until you actually break that pattern, get out of it for a season, you actually cannot even see the destruction of those habits. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. I, um, that reminds me of a book I read a few years ago, um, where it talked about habit stacking. Hmm. Um, it's where like, like if you know that you want to work out in the morning 
what you want to do is like get into the habit of setting up your clothes and your shoes the night before right by your bed. That's so great. right when you wake up, like you're like, oh, there's my shoes and my clothes. And then you can even go, go even a little further. You might say, hey, like part of habit stacking is like I need to eat healthy the night before or before 7 p.m. So I'm not overeating. So when I wake up, I'm like energized and I'm, I can actually start my day and exercise. So like, okay, I'm going to make sure like all the cookies are not in the cabinet. I'm going to make it really hard for me to, so you can actually do these things to kind of begin to unravel. Um, I remember um, that book talked about how, and I'll put it in the show notes. Um, it talked about how we don't rise to the level of our, of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. That's great. And, and what was really fascinating there is like, most successful or productive or whatever word you want to use people like successful pastors, leaders, whatever. A lot of times it's, they've created these systems and processes in their life that help them, you know, achieve the things they want to achieve. So even when they are not motivated, um, there's a system in place that says, I'm not going to go get that happy meal or I'm not going to mm. go eat that McDonald's thing. Cause like, I literally can't do it. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so yeah. The- um, that's, that's, that's a super convicting thing because it's like, I'd be the, and I've known, talked with, led with, been the kind of person who over and over would, would have an aspirational value or desire for some, some good thing. But what was that quote? You, you fall to the level of your systems, right? There's another yeah. one that says um, your systems are perfectly designed to give you the results that you're getting. I think if I quoted it yep. correctly, right? So whatever yep. results you're getting, um, those are a direct result of the system you have in in place. And so, but I like to think, well, no, I just need better desire. And, you know, people in our world might say, I need more faith. I need to just trust God, trust the process, whatever. And it's like, no, no, you actually have to build a system. You got to trust the system. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, yeah. No, I'll just, I'll just quickly add, it, it's funny how much God is in those systems, mm. right? Like when you, when you really map out your week or you think about the next few days, or like for me, like, you know, as a product marketer, um, when I look at my week, like I try to do this on a Monday, I'll be like, and I'm sure Taylor does this with his meetings. When I see my list of meetings, I, I, I like start taking notes on a Monday morning to say, Hey, like, how do I prepare for these conversations, right? Like pastors do this all the time where like you're, so you're not just going from thing to thing reacting, but you're proactively like um, setting the agenda for your day. You're setting the, the atmosphere. You're kind of creating this system, if you will, where you're able to fall, even when you don't want to, you're not motivated to have that meeting. You're, you fall to the level of, oh yeah, like I did do my prep work on this meeting. I'm ready for it. Um, and yeah, um, well, and it's like, it's so funny how, how easy it is for, for us to diminish the value and importance of those systems and, or to write them off as this, this mechanical thing that sucks the life out of things, but God set up systems all the way back to creation. Um, and we, it's actually, this, that's life. Our lives are a system. Our, our, our bodies are a system. The ground is a system. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we've been talking about this idea of, 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 of gardens, right. And agriculture. And I was thinking 
uh, I, I, there was this day, I, <laughs> it was weeks ago, uh, probably actually back in the fall, late fall before winter. And I was walking into the building at our church and in the back of our building, we have what is called the storehouse. It's a food bank and we feed um, families in need throughout the city. And uh, it's really incredible. Well, we also have a community garden and um, gardening is not my thing. We've got a four by eight garden in our backyard. And, you know, it's, it's, it's like we have a funeral for it every year because we are so bad at it. We get some carrots and, you know, that's, that's about it. Some snap peas, you know, and bless our hearts. We try and we, we do okay. But we, we pretty much every time Noel's brother, who's big into gardening comes over, he laughs at us. It's he's like, guys, I help you set this up every year. And every year you fail. Like, this is so bad. And so I'm walking into our church past the garden and one of our guys who works at the church does our facilities and, and our, our maintenance and whatnot. And he's, I can't remember the nature of the conversation, but he said, uh, he said, yeah, John and the guys are out there. They're decommissioning the garden. And I'm like decommissioning the garden. I've never heard that before. Now I understood what he probably meant. I'm like decommissioning the garden. Like what, what do you mean? Why, why do you have to decommission the garden? And he says, well, you know, it, winter's coming. And so in, in order for the garden to thrive in the spring, we actually have to decommission it for the winter so that through the winter that it's actually like we're looking at it like we're not planting seeds right now. We're not uh, reaping harvest right now. We're not pulling fruit right now. We are actually by decommissioning it, we are actually enabling it to later be recommissioned to continue to bear fruit. And I just thought that was so fascinating. I wrote it down in my phone. I thought, this is, this is going to be an object lesson someday, somehow, but that's so interesting. We're talking about systems, right? We're talking about, um, you know, the way that, that our lives and our minds and our bodies and the churches and organizations and, and groups of people, how it works and, and our habits and all of that, all of that kind of stuff. And I, I just think it's so interesting that the way that God set things up was at times we actually have to decommission in order to get to the place where the fruit that we desire to see can be birthed. And I, I just think that's, that's such a fascinating thing. Have you seen that at work in church life in, um, in this season, Ashish, where, where are you seeing this idea of the need to decommission? What does it look like for you to decommission or allow God to work a process of decommissioning in you? Uh, because I mean, if we think about it, 2020 has been that. 2020 has been, and even into 2021, this whole season of COVID and, and the unrest that we're experiencing and the fatigue of it all, I would say in many ways, it's a, it's a pulling the dead fruit out. It's the tilling the soil. It is the, the um, winterizing fertilizer stuff that they'll sometimes spray to kind of protect it. And all of this stuff, there's been a decommissioning. Where have you seen that? Yeah, um, I think... You know, l- let me backtrack just one quick second. Um, I can tell you a really quick story. So Kaylee and I went, my wife and I, we went on a date like a few months ago um, and it was, you know, COVID. So we didn't, um, you can't really go to a restaurant at the time. So um, we ordered some sushi and we went to this 
beautiful park in Redmond, uh, Washington. And right off in one section of the park after we, we were walking around and there was this beautiful community garden, um, just like incredible garden, like, like not your small, just like this huge, massive community garden. And um, we both were like, oh, like we should, we should walk around this. This is interesting. So we did. And what was really cool to watch was different families and individuals would come through and care for their part of this garden. Like, you know, Taylor talks about this uh, community garden in the, in the back of their church, kind of the same idea. And it was such a, it was such a, um, I would say a very spiritual experience for me. Cause like it, it, it kind of like got me thinking like, Oh, like, how disconnected am I from the land? Like how disconnected am I as a Western, you know, digital, like, you know, millennial guy that's always looking at screens. Um, how disconnected am I from nature and land? And anyway, so, so just to kind of add some more color to what we're talking about. So to your question, Taylor, the things I think about, um, you know, I, uh, I, one of the things Kaylee and I started studying in 2020 was soil health. You're like, mm -hmm. are you going to be a farmer? No, we're not going to be farmers. Maybe we might grow some stuff if we ever buy a house or whatever. But, um, but like we, we started looking up farming and wow. soil health. And um, what was really interesting about that is, you know, in our culture, we often, and, and I think Christians are guilty of this too. We often think the value of a garden is in the fruit that's produced by the garden, right? Um, oh yeah, like this garden or this plot of land produced X amount of, you know, fruit or vegetables or whatever. Um, and it really was my, like, it, I was reminded of the fact that actually the fruit is the natural byproduct of a healthy, like we're talking about a healthy system, a healthy ecosystem, right? And so when you have like each, I, I guess the, if I could take this analogy a little further, I think God has given each of us a quote unquote, a plot of land, mm -hmm. this area that we get to minister and pastor and lead and, and put into practice what God has put in our hearts to do. And, our, and you know, as whatever that may look like, maybe you're, uh, you know, you work in tech like me, but you're a pastor on the side um, in a part-time capacity like me, or you're a full-time pastor like Taylor, you know, whatever those are, God has kind of created this plot of land for each of us to really garden and tend. And really that's a reflection of our lives because it's the overflow of who we are. And one of the things I realized in 2020, Taylor, is that I had, in light of kind of like the middle of 2020 after George Floyd and like, you know, everything going on with culture and COVID isolation, um, you know, I, I was like, I kind of got into uh, works mode where, you know, how Paul talks about what God started in grace, don't turn into works. Like mm -hmm. I started like working my butt off, like, cause I'm like, I gotta, if something's wrong, I'm going to fix it, you know? Um, and so I just started doing a bunch of stuff. Like I start, you know, I, I'd mentioned this already, but like I started graduate school, I, you know, working my butt off at my work, you know, doing stuff with church stuff. And like, it just got yeah. busier and busier and busier. I was waking up at like four in the morning, every morning. Um, and going to bed at like nine, cause I would do all my homework in the morning, start my work in the morning. It was bad. I was just wow. overwhelmed. And, um, I remember by the end of the year, this was like late November. I remember this kind of hitting me. Like, I was like, why am I doing all this stuff? Like, what is my motivation? Hmm. <laughs> like, why am I, why did I sign up for all this? Like, what was the, why, like, 
what was the motivating factor for these things that I said I wanted to do? And I realized for myself, like it was the fact that I wanted to achieve a bunch of stuff and do a bunch of stuff. Cause I'm a go-getter. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I, I don't, I don't, you know, mess around. Like if, if I have to do something, I do it 150%. Um, and so, but I realized, right. Like I was sitting down with my spiritual director um, over a zoom call, not in person, um, sitting down with my spiritual director. And he looked, looked at me and said, like, you should really consider um, slowing down. <laughs> like yeah. you should really consider Like to use Taylor's words, you should really consider decommissioning some of these areas of your life that you're forcing fruit to come out of. Right. Wow. And this is the crazy thing about soil health, right? Um, it's actually like a phenomenon right now in uh, modern GMO type planting, we are getting bigger and bigger fruits and vegetables, but the nutritional value of those fruits and vegetables are going down and down. Like wow. they're, they're actually diminishing while the size of the fruit or the vegetable is growing. Right. So you can have these giant tomatoes that have very little nutritional value relating to tomatoes, like from 50, 60 years ago. And so it's this, it's this, it's this constant idea of like, we're addicted to productivity. We're addicted to like making something of ourselves. We want to live that Insta famous life, right? Like we want to have all the cool stuff and say like stuff on Instagram about our church or our ministry or our jobs or whatever, you know, I got, you know, family or whatever. And it's like, well, that might be good, but really the question has to come back to like, well, how are you doing? Like what's actually going on inside of like you, the person. Um, and, and what happened, what I realized was, I was overproducing in so many ways. I was, I was finishing four classes of seminary working, you know, you know, at a tech startup, uh, product marketing, like trying to be a dad, trying to be a husband, a good, a decent one. And I wasn't doing a decent job at any of these. And I was just kind of like doing these things, mm. but it was not, it was not nutritional fruit and vegetables, if you will. It wasn't quality fruit. Um, it was just fruit. And people could look at the productivity of the end of 2020 for me and say, wow, Ashish, you did a lot of stuff. And sure I did, but was I proud of most of what I did? No, I wasn't because it wasn't from this overflow of a soil or a heart or a life that was really living from a place of like overflow and rest and saying, I'm doing the thing I'm supposed to do. Um, and I'm not like overproducing just to like please myself or please someone out there or whatever. I don't know, Taylor, like that, how would you, what about for you? Like how, well, how have you? Yeah. Well, I, I think, I how think would you answer that? I, I think there's an interesting and we could really stretch this analogy far to where it breaks down, but you know, I, I would never want to equate rest with ease or hard yeah, work with striving um, because, you know, decon decommissioning, planting, watering, all of that, recommissioning, um, tilling soil, you name it, um, some other harder than others, but all of that, I mean, that's work. There's a stewardship, there's a hard work to it. Um, there's a waiting to it. There's definitely uh, this posture of you do have to lean into it. Um, and so I, because there, there are times where I will, I, cause I've experienced, um, perhaps what you, you described there 
And I would say we've probably had moments and seasons where we've experienced it uh, at really large levels and then others, you know, wow, that was a rough few months or whatever. And so we, but we've experienced that. And the tendency is to want to, um, to overcompensate. And, and because if you're like me, I like to blame one season for the, and let that be the reason and not let it be okay. No, no, no. Okay. It was the, it was the soil. It was the, it was the, the, the tomatoes, right. Or it was, they, they didn't get watered enough or they got watered too much or, you know, my kids went in there and trampled over them or whatever. And so I want to blame something because then next time it'll be different and not to your point, look at the soil and say, what's the condition of, of me? Because I would rather have a little bit of really great fruit than a bunch of fruit that I can't use. And, um, and so I, 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 th- I think that's, that's been a, that's been a really eye opening thing. Um, because I, I want, I want to just, I want to shake off how I feel 2020, um, was a, was one of pressure 2021 so far, you know, it's not like 2021 fixed it all. You guys were at our house 9 PM. We watched, showed our kids a YouTube video of fireworks. And then, you know, we went to sleep before midnight probably. And then next morning did not wake up feeling any different. It was just another day. And I I could say, well, this time around, it's going to be different because my outside conditions are going to be different. Like, what if they're not, what if I have to make sure that my soil is in such soil and soul, you could maybe interchange those are in such a good space where in and out of good and great and bad, difficult seasons, I'm going to be able to produce fruit in the rhythm uh, that God designed. So um, I I guess part of what I want to, what I want to put an asterisk next to is like the point is never decommissioning to end it's decommissioning so that for that season, it can weather coming out of the end of harvest and make it to the beginning of the springtime where you're planting and, and Mm -hmm. so that come the next harvest, you have a greater harvest. And so the point is never to decommission to decommission. It's never to give up and it's never to let the, the past season as fruitful or lack that it was because there, we could look at it like, man, 2020 was not a fruitful season. It was a bunch of plump fruit that was like over, it was massive and it didn't actually was not nutritional or it was a bunch of like, um, you know, these you know, quarter inch size tomatoes that fell off and molded onto the ground because it didn't work. And whatever it is, it's like, no, we can decommission that garden and actually see a fruitful harvest next time around. But where we're at right now is so key to decommission. So it's uprooting things in me that prevented this season from being better than it was. Because for some people, they're like, Mm. I came into the season ready. Um, Other people, they didn't. And I think many of us would experience pieces of both, but it's uprooting things that needed to not be in there. It's getting rid of weeds that suck the life out of, of us. And that might've been people that might've been habits could be all sorts of stuff. And then it's really, it's wet winterizing so that however long the season that we're in, we can endure that and then come into the place where then we can heart or that we can um, plant the seeds that we might reap a harvest. And, um, 
I think that's the beauty of how God works is that the end of the season, like that I could say, this has been a triumphant season. It's not going to last forever. And I still have to decommission the garden after the best harvest ever. So that through the winter, I come into the next season ready to do it again. Yeah. It's a, you know, as, as you're sharing Taylor, um, I'm reminded of, um, you know, the, uh, the parable of the sower, right? Um, so often, because I think we do this as like go-getter, like Taylor and I are not, you're, we're not lazy. Like we, we can be lazy, but we're, we're hard workers. Like we know, what to, we know what to do. We're going to make it happen. Like we're, we're going to, we're go-getters, right? Sometimes it's easy to think that we're the ones that are planting the seeds. Mm. Um, but the story is actually like, it's about the kingdom of God and it's actually Jesus planting the seeds. Um, and, you know, really our job is to prepare the soil of our, our plot of land where Jesus is planting those seeds. Right. Um, and, and to kind of take this out, anal- I'm sure our listeners are like, what kind of analogy is this? Just flow with us. We're You're just, welcome. We're just, we're just flowing with it here, but um, to take this analogy further um, you know, I think 2020 for so many of us um, forced us to resort to our base level of like whatever we think we would do in crisis. Right. Like, like um, you know, just like I said, Taylor and I are go-getters when we go through crisis, we just bust our tails. Right. Like someone else might, um, you know, go like be in a cave somewhere. Right. Like each of us have our own kind of response to crisis and trauma and I'm not saying 2020 was trauma for everyone, right? Like that's not what I'm saying, but to a level, there was a level of isolation, depression, um, disruption that completely messed with so many of us. And we all reacted differently. I filled the void by getting busier, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, and getting more quote unquote productive. Um, you know, Taylor filled it another way. And, 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 you know, all of us, we, we fill these voids and I would imagine we all fill these voids in 2020 in our own kind of unique way. And I think what Taylor is getting at this whole idea of decommissioning, it's, it's kind of like God asking us, are there parts of what is in the garden of our lives that needs to be, needs to be like, there needs to be a period at the end of that one thing, Mm. maybe a semicolon, right? Um, Let's, let's put a stop to that sentence. um, And let's start with the new sentence (laughs) or let's put a comma and like, like, let's just pause for a second Um, but I really do think about that with, with this idea of decommissioning, because definitely for me, like there was this sense of if God doesn't, if I'm not submitting to God decommissioning this part of my life, I won't actually do the things that really matter really well. An example of this, you guys is, um, being a husband and a father, right? Like my primary purpose in life, the, the one thing that only I can do that no one else can do is be a husband and a father. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything else kind of submits to that reality. But one of the things I was really struggling with at the end of 2020 was being that husband and father, because I was just so busy mm-hmm. and um, decommissioning for me was me saying, okay, I need to decommission some things so I can recommission the right things and, and replant the seeds and get reconnect again with my kids and play with my kids more and, go out on more dates with my wife or hang out with, with family time. And, you know, um, 
And so just things like that, I think are, are part of, like, I think 2020 was what it was, right? To Taylor's point, but now it's like 2021's here. So what are we going to do as we let God like say, say no to some things in our lives so we can say yes to some things in our life? Well, that's the way I see it. The, the, the mentality, the progressive kind of mentality that we adopt, I think in, in the, you know, the 21st century is it's this, we've got to move, 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 progress, progress, progress. And the way though, that we actually see what we might, we're saying we got to, you know, we can hack this, right? We can, if something's not working, we can make it better and fix it and do whatever. And the way that God designed life to be best and most forward moving and most fulfilling, most God honoring kingdom is the most basic stuff. And Mm -hmm. it's almost, it's frustrating. You said that and it hit me. It's frustrating because the only thing that I can do is I can be a dad to Hayden, Jude and Lennon. I can be a husband to Noel. And that's, that is mine to do. And man, when it's good, I love that. And when it's frustrating days like today, Jude was miserable. He, you know, he's two and a half and multiply that. It was just a long day, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, I, I don't, I don't like it then. And yet that is what God uses to teach us. And in the same way, it's like, I wish I could, you know, there's, there's still no better way to get fruit than in the ground, in the dirt, planting seeds, watering them. We can hack our way to good food and all sorts of stuff, but the best is still that simple, dirty, frustrating way that you cannot speed up. You can slow it down, but you can't speed yeah. it up. You, you can yeah. do it too slow, but you can't do it faster because you, you have to work within the rhythm of the seasons that God designed. And perhaps mm-hmm. this year has revealed the failed project we had of trying to hack our way into figuring this life and church and ministry and things yeah. out. We tried to hack it. And mm-hmm. God's like, how's that working for you? How'd that work? Didn't work. And, um, you know, so I, I just think, I think that's, that's such a good reminder for us to, you know, where, where's God asking us and, um, where's God asking us to decommission or working with us to decommission for the purpose of renewal for the purpose of seeing us actually come into what will eventually come back around, which is that time to plant and time to build and time to reap a harvest. And that's coming again, whether we like it or not. The question is, will we decommission now so that our soil is ready when the time comes to plant the seeds? And uh, I, I think that's a really good, really good thing for us to be chewing on as we uh, yeah. Yeah, wrap up this episode. Any closing yeah. thoughts? Um, you know, I'll, I'll say one thing and I'm done. I can talk Taylor and I, like, if there's one thing you should know about us listeners is Taylor and I, we could sit up and talk all night. Like, you know, we, we could talked for, and... we talked for an hour and a half before this, <laughs> where yeah, we, we didn't like arguing about, we were like arguing about stuff just cause that's what we do as friends. Um, no. So, so the thing about this that I think is hard is this, you know, I, I still think, especially 
in the culture we live in, um, we like to pretend like our lives have quality fruit. It's kind of like us, like taking a ball, painting it like an apple, putting a little red, you know, red coloring on it with a green thing and then putting it on a tree and saying, I got fruit. Right. Well, and from 150 feet away, it looks like you do. It looks like you do. Right. And I could never tell, like, I just looked at your picture on Instagram. So I'm assuming that you're telling me the truth, but the thing is like real fruit and real like life begins with death, right? Like the, the idea of a seed sprouting, the seed actually has to die. Right. So even this concept of decommissioning, the last thing I'll say is we have to be okay with God this is going to sound harsh, but God killing <laughs> parts of our lives for a season. So something better can sprout out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's okay. Um, you know, too often we're afraid of that quote unquote dying or quote unquote, letting God prune or cut or, kill that part of our lives. Um, just like Taylor said, for the purpose of whatever it is God has for us. Um, and I think it's just, I think it's something to keep in mind. Like, um, I remember Rick Warren telling this years ago. Right. Um, uh, and I just, I'll never forget it. Um, he said every salvation that happens at Saddleback there were people praying there was blood, sweat, and tears that went into that person deciding to follow Jesus. Somebody built a building. Somebody decided to run a service. Somebody decided to like take time out of their day. Somebody decided to pay the bills. Like somebody decided to give, right? Someone decided to ask the question. Um, and there were so many things like so many people chose to quote unquote die to themselves to come to this point of someone saying, oh yeah, I accept Jesus in my heart, or I, I'm going to begin this journey. Right. And so that's just one example. Like we often are looking for the fruit, but we're unwilling to do the dying. Um, and I, I think that's, that's really crucial for us as we think about the future, right? Like there's a lot going on in our lives. And sometimes God is saying like, are you going to let me prune? Are you going to let me like pull up or uproot some things yeah. so I can prepare you for what's to come. And, and, and anyway, well, and I'll stop preaching, but you, you uh, no, I loved it. Uh, you pointed to something there as we officially wrap up is you, you poked at the idea that the fruit in our lives is not simply for us. Yeah. Um, but our lives, if, if we were to kind of look at it, like we're a tree, right. We provide shade and and nutrients to other plants and fruit and, and all of this kind of stuff. So our lives don't exist uh, simply and only for us. But when we, when we don't do this process and, and submit to God and allow him to work this stuff in and through us, we find ourselves in a place where that we're not yielding the fruit that God has designed for us. But not only that, we are now eating the results of, or we're living in this space of not being able to live up to what God's called us to. We feel depleted. We feel empty because we're not actually living out our purpose, which is mm. to, to actually 
lift and benefit and serve the lives of those around us. And so not, and not even just our kids. So when my life is in rest and I'm allowing the rhythms and the process of God to decommission and, and to, to restore and to build and plant seeds and, and all of that kind of stuff in me, I'm actually going to see that I'm going to see that serve others when I'm, when I'm allowing him to do it. And when I'm not, I'm going to look around and feel so empty because I'm realizing I was made for more than what I'm seeing here. And so I think we have to remember that, that if we look at the church at large and God decommissioning the church right now, it is not only for the benefit of the church, but it is for the betterment of the world. It is that the church, uh, that the world needs what the church has to bring. And we cannot afford to be a church that in the next season yields superficial fruit that doesn't benefit anyone or is so small on the fruit that there are so many people in the world who go hungry spiritually because the church was not ready and did not allow God to do what God needed to do. So I do think that 2020 in this season right now, for however long it goes, is God decommissioning so that in the seasons to come, that we will be benefited, we, we will be healthy, we'll be thriving, but not only that, that the world will see a church that actually builds and lifts and adds value and, and does all that the church is designed to do. So I think that's a good place to end. Decommission the garden. Ashish, go decommission your, your living room. Done. I have no idea what that means, but um, I will try, Taylor. I'll report back. Yeah.